Hey everyone, I'm DDR Kirby. You're listening to the Super Mega Zero soundtrack, and this is Pixelated Audio. Welcome back to Pixelated Audio, a podcast focusing on game audio, its history, and the people behind it. We're your hosts. I'm Brian, and this is Gene. Hey, everyone. We're actually joined by another guest today. This is DDR Kirby, or Timmy, and we're going to be talking about and playing music from the game Super Mega Zero, uh, which is a soundtrack that I fell in love with last year when I heard it uh, just on a random release that you had put out, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing, and I just kept listening to it, and I was stewing like... I need to just reach out and have you on the show. It's so good. So welcome to the show, <laughs> DDR Kirby. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Um, and glad you guys are enjoying my music. Yeah, I've been listening to it nonstop all day while I work <laughs> to prepare for this episode. And it is ingrained in me right now. Um, just really awesome style and um, explosion of energy and um, just... Uh, very colorful music and so uh, really excited to chat with you about this game today uh super mega zero is actually a really sweet game as well and so uh it's gonna be a lot of fun to kind of dive through this episode together yeah and that track that brought us in was titled super mega zero which uh is either played in the title or apparently in the trailer i'll have to go back and double check but basically it's a the game is here music (laughs) (laughs) cool so Super Mega Zero was released for the PC and Switch in April of last year. It's a it's a very colorful and energetic 2D precision puzzle platformer with shoot 'em up elements. If you've ever played anything like Celeste or Super Meat Boy or VVVVV, you'll be right at home because this has all of that action and twitch reflex that you would need for for this kind of game. Um, it's incredibly fun. I downloaded the demo and I, I played it today during my lunch. I've been listening to the soundtrack all day, so I feel like I'm just, I understand it now. It's a really fantastic game. It's a little bit hectic. I'm getting to the point where my reflexes aren't as good as they used to be, but, you know, I enjoyed what I played of it. It's, we'll get into the mechanics later, but it's really cool because you don't always get all of your powers for every single level. You know, sometimes you have to like pick something up to, to get something that grants you the ability to jump or whatever, but it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and on that note, the the visuals and the the frantic pace action are perfectly complemented with this incredible soundtrack. So again, welcome to the show, DDR Kirby. It's just a it's it's great having you, and uh, to be able to talk through some of these tracks is going to be a lot of fun. 
So why don't you tell us about how you get started? But before we do that, let's listen to one more track and we'll be right back. This is Cyclic Oscillations. was Cyclic Oscillations, composed by DDR Kirby for Super Mega Zero on the Switch and Steam. What a way to kick off the soundtrack, right? I mean, after the title theme, you just jump into this. I love yeah. the soundtrack so much. There's so many like great technical tricks on display, you know, just wonderful chiptune writing. And, you know, I want to hear about that. But tell us a little bit about yourself first. Yeah, sure. So I'm DDR Kirby. Uh, you guys can also call me Timmy. Um, I go by Timmy as well. 
and I've been writing music since I think I first started all the way back in 2004, but I really started to get more into it, um, let's see, around 2010. And that's when I first started doing something called One Hour Compo. Uh, and so One Hour Compo is a weekly um, composition competition event that happens every Thursday. And what happens is you get a theme on the website and you get one hour to compose a song and try to finish it up and upload it. And then just listen, we listen to it all afterwards. Yeah. And that was really great practice for both honing my production skills, my workflow. And it was also actually perfect practice for learning how to do commissions because, you know, it's kind of the same deal. You get an assignment or a theme and then you have to make a track based on it. Excellent. What's your musical background? That is an interesting question. So I played, I dabbled a little bit in, you know, classical music. Uh, I played a little bit of piano and flute and I was in marching band um, for any of you who have, who have done that sort of stuff. Um, but I think I always knew that my real, my real heart was in creating music and writing music. And I think um, early on, you know, I was, I was always humming like Mega Man tunes to myself and like kind of like whistling melodies and kind of making my own chords and stuff. So I think video game music when I was growing up was a big inspiration. And I would just kind of, you know, during long car rides or, you know, airplane flights, even like I would just kind of amuse myself by either listening or literally just, you know, like humming it to myself in my head. So well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly our brand here. We love that. And I hear a lot of Mega Man in this soundtrack in, you know, sort of bits and pieces. It's really cool. It's yeah, it's got those really, really punchy, like micro eargasms that jump <laughs> out and then it goes into this really beautiful kind of clean melody and then it pops right back in with these really um, strong uh, chords and um, flourishes and the, the tracks are just very, very colorful. Yeah, there's a lot of techniques that you might recognize from Mega Man. Um, I do use, you know, that sort of um, characteristic NES style uh, triangle wave bass um, for both bass lines as well as, you know, kind of tom drum fills. Um, and also kind of like some parts of the lead writing, uh, just the use of like echoed pulse wave channels, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. And I also noticed that you tended to use a lot of, uh, I don't know how to put it, just the, some like, this is going to be most evident in like the ending credits track, but the melodies are not Mega Man, but they have sort of similar compositional style to it. I don't know if you were using that as a reference point or if it was just sort of been knocking around your head for the last 20 something, 30 years. <laughs> I think probably part of it is just that's the kind of stuff that I grew up with and that I like. But I think for the for the credits theme, uh, when we get there specifically, um, that was kind of more of a direct influence because I was like, all right, I want to make something that sounds like a credits theme. You know, what does that sound <laughs> yeah. like? So, yeah. Um, but of course, uh, my music is also a little bit a little bit separated from you know pure Mega Man chip tune in that like I use make heavy use of delay and reverb so everything sounds a lot more lush and that's kind of why I've been describing my music as kind of nine bit chip tune as it were um, to distinguish it from you know more traditional um, chip works which um, constrain themselves to the limitations of sound chips. And that's fair. I mean, we, we were listening to um, we did it. We did a show um, on Aqua Kitty. Uh, mm. a long time ago and i i feel like there's a lot of similarities between electric cafe and your style where it is that the roots are in, in this very like 8-bit sound but with more modern uh, uh techniques and 
effects stuff that we that we wouldn't have heard on the older hardware but now we can actually make use of these these different um you know effects and stuff within the daw that's just i guess the natural progression of this kind of music right is is taking it that step further with the the tools that you have available to you so i think that it's really cool to see your spin on um these these classic tunes almost in a way but then with this kind of new life breathed into them so let's get into our next track here this is pursuit of infinity and we'll be right back was Pursuit of Infinity from Super Mega Zero, composed by DDR Kirby. And I gotta say, I love... One of the things that I really love about this soundtrack is that you kind of, in in the spirit of that 9-bit sound of adding more sort of, you know, texture and effects and all of these uh, techniques, you also do the same kind of thing with that classic traditional looping music you know normally in old 8-bit music it just loops twice but you start to introduce new elements and you have all these great you know time changes and rhythm changes but 
little bits and bobs come up throughout the track and it really does a great job of staying interesting the entire way through which is you know I think it works really great. <laughs> I think I think what I like about this track too is to tack on to what you're saying about the looping is that it it's it's not just it, it's a great track in its own, but it really it really works with this game too because it and it, and it works with the like the level design because there's like these kind of frantic patterns too that you're going through and having this kind of like almost like rotating um uh, enemies or, or rotating around the map and stuff like that and jumping back and forth there is some repetition and having this like kind of driving loop also just kind of adds to that a sense of i guess placement <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i really like the way that it turned out especially in the gameplay yeah could you tell us a little bit about kind of this style i mean i know you didn't just develop it for this game but you've sort of been working on it for a while yeah i think um where do I even begin? <laughs> From the beginning. I don't actually know how to answer this question. <laughs> uh, so I think a lot of it is around, as, as we said earlier, you know, taking the chiptune elements like, you know, square waves and stuff and then putting them through delay and reverb, combining it with modern drums. I mean, it makes, I, I say it like it's really simple, but you know, really it, it's just something that I've kind of crafted over a number of years. And I think, my style of composition is very much rooted in being very familiar with a core set of sounds and, you know, a, a little tool, toolbox that I keep on coming back to. Um, and I sort of just employ those same elements over and over again. And you can, you can hear that in my work where I'll use the same uh, transition effects. Sometimes I'll reuse the same sort of fills, even sometimes the same sort of like arpeggio patterns and you know, if it if it if it isn't broke, don't fix it, right? Like if they they still work out great. Um, I think with this track in particular, um, this was the first track that I wrote for the soundtrack. And um, when Silkworm, uh, the developer of the game, uh, approached me and showed me some clips of the game, I was like, "All right, I can do this one." Like, <laughs> I, I, it's like the quick respawn times, and it just gets you right back into the action. I was like, all right, I can do this one. You know, it sounds like I just do my normal thing and it's going to work out great. And um, I think uh, I'm trying to, I'm pretty sure Silkworm made a specific request to have sort of a melodic um, through line uh, through uh, all of the original tracks. So, and you can hear that displayed very prominently in this track in like the very beginning. So that little, that little riff is going to show up again and again. Um, throughout different uh, throughout different songs in the soundtrack, so be on the lookout for that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I say I gotta say, in the spirit of game design, the economical use of a limited set of tricks, I think, works in its favor here because it's a very efficient game in that sense too. Like it, you know, introduces new tricks, but there's it's, a there's a level of simplicity is what you're trying to say that that it's simple but it's sophisticated you know it's it's yeah that, that that's exactly <laughs> it and i think that that is a, is also kind of a a love letter to your music too is, is there's there's a level of simplicity to it that makes it i and then when you add those different layers on it makes it just so much bigger and uh like the game. Do we ever mention the the developer of this? You said the name Silkworm. No, a few, a, I wanted to talk about them after. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, let's let's make sure we bring them up before we forget. Oh yeah, after um, we play another track, I wanted to talk a little bit about the developers and the game development okay, process that, and all that. Works. that. You want to get into our next track then? Yeah, absolutely. So the next track that we're going to play is Irrational Space. Mm -hmm. 
All right, that was Rational Space, composed by DDR Kirby. And I uh, I kind of got lost in myself there for a little <laughs> bit. I, everybody else was done, and I was still listening and just kind of jamming out. But yeah, a really good track. And I feel like I'm eating my feedback because I was saying earlier, there's like this level of simplicity. This track is is just feels so much more complex. But I guess when you break it down into the, the individual components, maybe that, that level of simplicity is still there. I really like this track. Yeah. I love all of the flourishes that you have in this, you know, like, and, and I heard that motif, of course, come back right in the very beginning. That's sort of, yeah. you know, da, 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 thing. And then uh, just, I feel like for me, what I love about the soundtrack is all of the parts just like click together so well, you know, like there's this really intricate percussion that's using those, you know, classic 8-bit, almost like NES sounds. You've got these melody lines that are, I won't say simple, but they're kind of, they're very catchy. You know, and then you also have all these wonderful textural elements that kind of come in and out, never feeling like it's overwhelming, but it's still like just this level of intensity and energy that's like almost consistent throughout. But you do still give room to breathe. It's just like, I wish all chiptune soundtracks had this level of polish to them. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, polished. Thanks for the compliments. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, um, I do think that's something that works well with this like so i i I do write music in other styles um um sometimes especially for one hour compo Mm -hmm. um recently i've been experimenting with more like you know lo-fi chill hop stuff um from time to time but for this style of music specifically it kind of all slots in because um because i'm using you know kind of a limited palette of instruments i kind of know where everything goes you know the lead melody sits on top the triangle wave bass line sits at the very bottom and usually there's like a there's another mid bass that's below that so like everything kind of has its own spot mm-hmm. and if i just do things kind of naturally as it as they occur to me it'll all kind of fit in and i already i already kind of know the system and i've tried some other types of music like i remember um a long time ago i was i was a little bit more into trying to write like trance music and stuff and like that definitely wasn't the case i had like monster super soft synths and i was like how the heck do i mix this well um, <laughs> so it wasn't as easy so big respect to the to the guys who uh, make that kind of music but yeah that makes sense so why don't we take this opportunity to talk a little bit about the devs the you know the companies involved so the credits that i have are silkworm and rogue games the developers and rogue games the publisher what can you tell us about those companies? I've never heard of them. How did you get involved with them? That whole story. Um, so Silkworm just reached out to me directly. So I think, um, I don't know if he's a one-man team, if he did everything, but um, it seems like he, he basically did most of the game, if not all of the game himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or hopefully I'm getting their pronouns right. Um, but it seems like Silkworm did most of the game themselves. And um, I know about them because uh, they competed in, they, they entered... Um, the same game jam that I did. Um, hmm. So I think it was Ludum, Ludum Dare or Ludum Dare, um, but they entered an LD and I remember coming across their game. I don't remember, it's called, I think it's being called Shovelfall now. Uh, I don't remember if the demo had a different name, um, but, I, but I remember coming across their um, game jam entries, Shovelfall, and I was like, this is really sweet. This is like, has really good mechanics. You know, it has that sort of like, it, it was kind of like this game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit less polished because obviously, you know, they made it in 48 hours. Um, but it had a lot of the same vibe in terms of like quick restarts, get get you back in the action, the same sort of uh, pixel art aesthetics. 
And they reached out to me at some point and they were like, oh, I'm working on this game. You know, I'm familiar with your work. Um, they might have even played my um, Ludumtari games as well. And so they were interested in working with me and they thought my music would be a great fit. They, I think they had already been using some of my existing works as, you know, placeholder tracks for them. And they hmm. said it was working great. So um, that's how that how that happened. Is that a pretty tight knit community? I just just as a quick question, I mean, are you are you these devs that you just reached out to, or did you already know about them beforehand? Um, I wouldn't say. So I feel like with Ludum Dare, it's very kind of decentralized, and okay. you just kind of stumble across games randomly. Um, theirs just stood out because it was it was a really good game. I think I think it probably placed. Um, I don't remember what it placed, but I'm sure I'm sure it was pretty high up there. Yeah. And that makes is sense. Is this like yeah. on like itch.io or? Um... Uh, so Ludum Dari actually runs on a separate website. Um, there oh, are, yes. There are a lot of game jams on itch.io, but Ludum Dari is um, is a separate one. Actually, on that note, um, aside from the game jams, you're talking about the one hour compost. Um, through what like what uh, website or um, you know community are you doing those? Uh, so that's run by uh, that's that's hosted on a website called the Sauce T H A. Gotcha. And then S A U S C. But if you just search for one hour compo, you'll find us. Um, and there's a website. We do it every Thursday. Uh, we used to host an IRC channel, but we've since migrated to Discord because you know times yeah. are changing. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, but it's great. You know, it's very it's very chill, very low stress. You just come in, you make make music for an hour, and then you just um, hang out in the channel. That's sounds like a ton of fun <laughs> there's a lot of other sites that did like late night compos one hour compos yeah. um but yeah demo I, scene I, compos yeah. yeah a lot of the demo scene stuff right so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and the, the, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff but this i definitely owe all of my musical prowess to doing one hour compo consistently and regularly through you know uh it's been like over 15 years now or Something, something like that. So you wow. do something, you know, long enough, over and over again. You just and and like when I first started doing one hour combo, I still remember I did my first song and I was like, all right, I gotta write something. And then like you know, it's like pretty short because like you only have one hour, right? And like I just like started my track length just started getting longer and longer because I was just doing things faster and faster as I practiced <laughs> and I was creating templates so that I wouldn't have to set up everything every time. And then eventually I was just like, okay. One hour, I can crank out a six-minute track, no problem. That's pretty wow. impressive, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I I feel like you know a three-minute long track in an hour is already pretty good. So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, of course, of course. Sometimes you know you make literal use of copy and paste, but um, well, sure, <laughs> sure. But, but still, it's still same same idea, right? It's, it's... Exactly. But since we are on the topic, this is actually a very organic place for me to cut this in. So I wanted to give our listeners a bit of a break from the soundtracks. It's so, so intense. I wanted to focus a little bit on one of your games that you uh, you put out soundtracks on your Bandcamp for both your monthlies, these things that you put out, uh, the Ludum Dare stuff. So I wanted to play a track from the game Kiwis Can't Fly. Did I get that right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so this is the track I Love the Sky. I just played this. It's like a free browser game you could play. It's really cool. Let's play that track and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that game and just in general your experience as, as an indie game developer, not just as a composer.
That was the track I Love the Sky from the game Kiwis Can't Fly, which uh, this was an arranged version that uh, Timmy sent us that had some of the cues in the game because they're sort of rhythmically synced to the... Yeah, can you can you explain yeah, that a little, a little bit better? about the game. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it very well. <laughs> yeah, sure. So this was a game that I made together with um, my good friend Katja. We often work together. We actually have our own little... We publish under the label Coco Moss Games. Um, so this is one of our productions um, as, a, as a team, as a couple. So in this game, the theme for the game jam was delay the inevitable. And um, we ended up making a game about a kiwi bird. And for those of you who don't know, kiwi birds can't fly. Hence the name of the, of the game. And we made a game where you have this really cute kiwi bird who is just um, decides that they want to take a gander at um, what it's like to, you know, you know soar through the sky and so they're falling and there are various objects that you can drag to be in their path and bounce off of. And when that happens, you get a little bit of a delayed um, musical cue that plays um, in sync with the track. So that's what kind of what you were hearing with all the ba ding and like da-da um, in the track that we just listened to. I want to say it kind of goes, you mentioned earlier about the um, the lo-fi kind of chill uh, music that um, that you you like doing as well on the side, and this kind of is that kind of goes along that vein a little bit. I want to say it's 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 very yeah definitely. My experience with um, trying to experiment with that style definitely showed its way here. Um, there's a lot of and whenever I do that kind of style or this kind of music, I'm making a lot of use of um, very you know soft piano textures, some acoustic guitars. And there is very, very, very heavy use of uh, Valhalla Supermassive, which is a reverb plugin, because I just want to 
wash everything out in like you know it's because like it's almost like a cheat code because it's like normally you just like have a single guitar pluck and it just sounds kind of lame but you wash it out in reverb and all of a sudden it sounds very poignant right and so that's kind of what i was going for here you know i i played this game just like for a few minutes and i was like smiling immediately the music fits so perfectly like it's a great it's a lovely tune but in context you know that whole union makes it even better you know the combination of the music and the gameplay just works so perfectly so i wanted to bring that up specifically because i know you're working on something similar that's kind of like a bigger version of this uh i'm talking about rhythm quest can you tell us about that project because that's super cool yeah so rhythm quest is something that i've been working for a while so this, this is my this is my little baby this is um the indie game full-time full commercial indie game that I've been working on. It's got a little bit of a different vibe uh, than Kiwis Can't Fly. It's going to be a little (laughs) bit closer to Super Mega Zero in terms of its intensity. So Rhythm Quest is a game that um, combines... uh, It's a rhythm game that takes some platformer elements. So it's a little bit like um, games like um, Bit Trip Runner or Muse Dash, in which you have a character that's running and you have to jump and attack and fly um, all to the beat, um, to to the music. And of course, all the songs are composed by me. So it's going to have uh, more of that lovely, you know, nine bit style soundtrack for you to um, go through these levels. Um, I've been working on it for a couple of years so far, as I mentioned. And so far, I've gotten through uh, four out of the six planned uh, worlds in the game. Uh, each world has some you know, different mechanics and they all get harder and harder. Of course, you can imagine these sorts of rhythm games uh, tend to get really difficult as you go on. Um, and so, yeah, I've been working on that. And if you want to find more info on that, you can go to rhythmquestgame.com or you can just search for Rhythm Quest on Steam. Uh, you can wishlist it. And there is a free demo that you can play either on your PC or uh, in your browser as well. And I'd really appreciate it if you could give it a follow or a wishlist on Steam. That really helps me out. It looks Excellent. super cool. For those that haven't heard of this, I mean, I'm a big fan. I, I see you have a pop and music controller in the back of the camera there. I'm a personally a big fan of rhythm games. I feel like if, you know, more games that could kind of synchronize music with gameplay, the Bit Trip Runner series is one of my absolute favorites of all time. Oh, it's or, you know, Bit really Trip, good, yeah. yeah, you know, Bit the trip. whole Bit Trip series. Yeah. So like, I'm looking forward to this one. I only found out about it when I started to look more into your work. But even just watching the like preview video that you have, I think on your YouTube, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, this looks amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's so it's like kind of like a, a side scroller, um, like almost like a platformer in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you you, you don't control like which direction you run or anything like that, but but you do have to like you know jump over spikes and then like attack um, enemies um, all to the beat. It's really fun. Yeah, it works really well. Um, this is actually sort of a spiritual successor to a previous um, game jam game that I made called Ripper Runner. So I'm kind of using all the learnings that I've you know, had, I already know this kind of game is something that I can do and that can be fun for people. This is kind of like the next step to like making like full, a full game. And one of the really cool things about making this kind of game um, by myself is that, um, of course, it's a lot of work. You know, I have to do all the artwork and all of the sound and all the coding and all the level design and charting and the community management and the marketing and all that stuff. But because I have to, stuff. because, <laughs> yeah, but because I get to do all that, it actually works a lot better than a lot of traditional rhythm games because I have full control over the music as well as the level design. Yeah. And so I can design the music around the game obstacles and around the charting so that it really fits precisely. And it's not like I just, you know, picked some song that already existed and then made made charts to it. 
So that really makes a big difference. And I think if you play the game, you'll, you'll immediately feel that difference right away. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, there's uh, some of them that were, I forget what the one was, where it just like takes music from your library and generates charts. Uh, it's like a 3D, you know, like you race a car kind of thing. It was like a big one a few years back. Uh, Vib Ribbon did that. That's true. But Vib Ribbon was almost more of like a weird art game where music happened yeah, to be true. a part of it. But that was, I mean, it was still yeah, cool. I think, that's true. I think you're thinking about, I think you're thinking about Audio Surf. Yeah, Audio Surf was the one I was thinking, which was cool, but I felt like you're right. It didn't quite have that like synchronicity. Uh, haven't used that word in a long time between the music and the gameplay, and it was cool for a little while, but it didn't really hook me that much. But I'm looking forward to trying this out a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun to work on, and hopefully, you know. So my release date is it's it's a release date. Um, I have it as 2023 question mark uh, with an emphasis on the question mark because you always know how these things uh, you yeah. know they always take longer <laughs> than you expect um, but hopefully I can you know continue to work on it and make good progress and um, again if you want to if you want to stay up to date um, I have a discord server you can join if you want to hear about updates uh, or you can follow you know my my mailing list or everything we will put links in the uh, in the show notes on the you know how to how to wishlist it on steam and uh, how to get to your discord and stuff like that, as well as your, um, I think it's ddrkirby.com is the website, right? Yes, that is my main website. You can find links to everything there. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, I wanted to jump back into the game because we got a little bit more ground to cover there. So uh, next up is Null Terminator from Super Mega Zero.
That was Null Terminator off of the Super Mega Zero soundtrack by me, DDR Kirby. I gotta say that groove on that is slick. Ooh, that is, I, I love this one. Yeah, it tickles me in all the right ways. It's such a good track. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it was a real joy to to work on this soundtrack because, like, this is you know this is really the kind of music that I. It's the kind of music that I really enjoy making, and it's also the kind of music that I know people want me to make more of. Um, and I don't always get to do it because I'm, you know, busy doing experiments with lo-fi Joe Hop and like random <laughs> other stuff during one-hour compo. So it's good. It's 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 almost like I don't really make a lot of, uh, you know, original artist albums. But this is kind of what I would make if I were to. So it 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 lined up perfectly that you know I was commissioned to do this anyways. So it's like okay, every two words of Lundstone, right? So <laughs> that's awesome. Have you considered maybe doing? Um, like more than just some of the indie devs in in your circle have you considered doing you know more i don't want to say like mainstream games but yeah mainstream games or maybe something else that is um you know uh, with a triple a publisher or i mean is that is that something that you would be interested in or that you've tried to pursue or i'm curious uh that's not really something i've tried to actively pursue i mean if they came up and reached out to me i think that's something we could have a discussion. I, I feel like I'm not really uh, mainstream enough to, to be approached for something like that. But um, uh, that's imposter syndrome talking because I think you're you have the chops just like anybody else up there. So <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like I know my music is really good. I just don't know if it's 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 like you know what's what's um, what's mainstream and popular, right? So, but um, I do think you know when it comes to like commission work and stuff, it is something that I. I do on occasion, but I try to I try to actually steer people away from it because like I want as much time as possible to work on my own music and mm -hmm. to work on my own games and stuff. And so whenever um, anyone tries to approach me for like commissioning music, I'm like, okay, well, I am pretty busy, so please try and you know I have like a thousand songs that I've already written. Why don't you like take a look through all those, see if there's anything that fits what you're looking for. I'm, mm -hmm. I bet there's, you know, at least one or two tracks that you could use because um, that just saves me time. And that way I can work more <laughs> on Rhythm Quest. I can work more on my other albums and all that good stuff. So that said, I do hope if uh, in the future, kind of like uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, you have a Rhythm Quest like DLC pack that's this kind of music because you know like, I think it would fit so that perfectly that yeah that would work but you know I don't want to give you more work your first release hasn't even come out yet <laughs> yeah I mean that that being said actually Silkworm has commissioned me to um, do the music for his uh, for for their next uh, their next game demo um, so Ooh. I actually just just finished that just finished that project well so. that didn't last very long you didn't get any <laughs> yeah, I tried my best but you know I figured you know I've already worked with this I've already worked with this person and it worked out great and they don't have they didn't have a ton of work for me to do since it was just the demo so I figured I could squeeze it in it, it's interesting there's only been a, a just a very small number of people that we've talked to that have been both developers and composers and it's tough yeah yeah and, and I'm curious about like how you switch like your hats around on this because I'm, I'm trying to look at it from like what you enjoy the most. Do, do you make the games specifically for your music or are you interested in making the game and the music is just the accompaniment? Like what, what what's your, what's your angle on, on this game development? I mean, obviously rhythm quest yeah. here, it's, it's music centric, but is it something that, you also really love the development side of stuff and the music is also just kind of the accompaniment or the other way around. 
So I think Rhythm Quest is kind of a special case because Rhythm Quest really is, they're both really working as one unit. And so like, I, I work on them simultaneously. Like I am thinking about the level chart while I'm making the music and making decisions uh, on what tempo to make the music, how complicated to make the rhythms and everything based on how hard I need the song to be. Um, and like, sometimes if I make the song too hard, I have to might, like, I might have to go back and redo some of the melodies. So for Rhythm Quest, it's kind of special because it, it really is both of them are, both of them are kind of forefront and together. For some of my other games, for a lot of the other games, it's more like, okay, I want to make a game first and then let's make the music second. But sometimes I do go, sometimes there is inspiration in the other direction where, especially when you're working on a game jam where you only have 72 hours, it, you can kind of burn out if you just kind of grind away at like the coding and the implementation for a long time. And sometimes uh, when I when I work with um, with Kat, my friend, um, you know, she needs time to like draw all the art. And so sometimes that's not ready. And so I'll have time to sneak away and, and go do some songs. And sometimes that can provide inspiration for kind of the feel of how, you know, a level should play or how a scene should go. Um, and so there's that sort of like, kind of almost how an artist would do some like, um, sketchboarding or like a, like a mood board. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like um, doing some composition can serve that sort of mood, mood board purpose and kind of give a feeling to what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's cool that they can feed into each other that way, because I know with a lot of other indie game devs, we've, well, we haven't talked to that many, but oftentimes I've heard that it's sort of like, well, I'm building this huge game and music is a consequence that has to be in there. So that's just another skill that they have to develop. But for you, you know, you've been working on music so long, it seems like they're kind of like pair skill sets for you, which is really cool. Yeah, that's definitely true. Did you learn programming specifically for making games or is it something you do for your job? I, I'm, I'm curious. No, that is something I do for my living um, as a mm -hmm. living as well. Um, but for for making games, it was it's interesting because like, I never would have, I guess as I was growing up, I always thought like, oh, it would be really cool if I could like make my own video game someday, ha ha ha. But you know, back then it just seemed like that was just like not, not a few, it, it, that seemed similar to like the people who said like, oh, I want to like fly on a rocket to the moon someday. Like it just seemed like it's <laughs> something cool to say, but we can never really do it. But then somehow along the way, I kind of ended up gaining all the skills of, okay, I learned how to make music because I thought that it was really cool and it was really fun. I learned how to program because it was um, something that I was just learning uh, academically and as part of my job. Yeah. And I just started to experiment with just making some really small games on the side. And then I learned pixel art because I needed something to draw for my monthly album covers. So I decided to learn pixel art for that. And then I you know, started drawing more pixel art for you know my game DM games and stuff like that. So somehow along the way, I ended up with all of the requisite skills, even though I didn't, I didn't set out to make a game. I didn't set out to learn those skills in order to make a game, but I ended up with all those skills. And now I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I can actually do this. So yeah. And you know, I honestly, I wish you great success. I hope that you sort of like get that breakthrough moment because I know when our listeners come and hear this show, they're going to be like, whoa, where did this come from? I had no idea. Like, right. Like wh how come I never heard of this before? <laughs> yeah. And it's, and like, you're, you're operating at a pretty high level. I mean, you're not just like, you know, this isn't your first game. So it may just be, you know, maybe it's Rhythm Quest, maybe it's the next project, but hopefully you'll start to get more projects and things like that and the ball just gets rolling because I want to see your music and your work more more visibly. 
uh, in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if even if it that doesn't happen, you know, the fans the fans can always find my music, right? Like my Bandcamp will always have monthly releases. True. If you true. if you really like my music, you're you're I I. F- I feel like I want to say, if you like my music, you're lucky because I make a lot of it and there's always <laughs> going to be more because I make, I literally write a, a new song every Thursday. So there's, there's, there's always going to be more for you. That's nice. awesome. That said, let's take uh, another music break here. This is Tritonal Tribulations. We'll be right back. good yeah it's too good (laughs) Uh, we're having too much fun over here that was go on brian (laughs) that was tritonal tribulations uh we lost gene for a minute there uh he was (laughs) in his own world i gotta say like this track is so good it kind of makes me mad because like how can you have how can you have this much like i don't get it like how do you have this much talent in so many different areas 
And and yet you're continuing to put out something new every week. And and you know, it's like it's like, damn it, just share some of this skill. <laughs> this is what happens when you this is what happens when you do the same thing every Thursday for, you know, ten plus years. Yeah. So I really I really like the I really like the middle section of this track, by the way. The the really the really big chorus section. Oh, I, I love it. I, you know, I kind of had to force Brian's hand on this. I'm like, Brian, we should cover the show. I knew if I like scheduled the interview, it would force him to listen to the soundtrack and have exactly that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I had never, I'd never heard of, of your music until Gene brought it up. And then I was yeah. like, where has, where has this been my whole life? You know? Yeah. yeah and, and, so- I, and I was just saying, so this is, I had to like, we had this conversation before the podcast started. I had to go really far back because I had reached out on a completely unrelated note uh, to DDR Kirby about something, um, something mag related, I think in 2017. And it turns out that I had found the music through this week in Chiptune, which was a, like, I think it was a weekly or a bi-weekly podcast where it was literally just like a, like a DJ set or a playlist of Chiptunes. And it was like, it was one of the few tracks that I liked so much that I went and sought out what is who is this artist? I got to find more from this person, and I ended up following you on Bandcamp. I think I bought an album, and you found a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And I found a lot more, and because you release so often, I get those Bandcamp notifications like DDR Kirby has released another album. They don't say another in those notifications. You know, it's like so. I would like gradually. They you should. Know, they should. Keep, they really should. <laughs> I was just keeping up with it, and you know, I, I I bought some of your stuff over the past, and then when this one came out, I'm like. Enough's enough. We got. We just got to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what? This, yeah. this, this track. I, I got to say, there's some effects in there, um, especially like the like maybe like a low pass filter or something like that. Um, that gives me a little bit of like I almost want to challenge you to do some like C64 music because <laughs> I think you could do something. Oh. I think you could do something really wild for fun and. Like, I would love to see that. Like, it's, you know, it's, this is very like retro, like, you know, C64 music, you know, you got just a few channels to work with and uh, this really old raw sound that, that is beautiful. But I think the effects that uh, the chip is capable of really would work in your favor. And I, I, I'd love to see what you could produce. So maybe, maybe someday when you get a, and you get some free time, um, give it a go. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> I could probably, I could probably fake it. I don't, I don't work that. I don't work that. It's, I always feel really, I think people who work with like sound chips and people who like work in family tracker are like so cool. And like, I always listen to their stuff and I think it's it's amazing. But then I get into the software and I'm like, this is so slow. It takes forever. I can never do anything in one hour with this. <laughs> like I tried yeah. like I tried making songs in um, LSDJ once mm-hmm. and it, it was great for like when I was on the plane and had nothing nothing to do. But nowadays I like boot that up. I'm like, this uh, is going to take forever. It's, it's going to sound great, but like it's going to take so long. I need to make my song in one hour and it needs to be like five minutes long. Otherwise, I'm not I'm not satisfied. Right. So. That said, this this is something that I've wanted to ask since the beginning of the show but what is your what is your audio workstation like give us some details about like you know what plugins you use what software you use i'm I'm curious yeah so i'm actually all software so i don't have like a midi keyboard or anything and i just use fo studio and i just input everything with keyboard and mouse and that's kind of just what i've learned to do I, i know some people work a lot better with uh, I don't know their fancy like launch pads and their um, keyboards and everything, but I just I just use my keyboard and mouse and I just sequence everything. And um, 
as far as like plugins, it's really not that much. So most of the chiptune sounds is all just FL Studio's built-in three oscillator synth. Um, mm-hmm. God bless that thing's that thing's amazing. Um, I actually feed, <laughs> so you can actually feed in custom waveforms to it, and so that's that's a lot of how I'm getting like the NES style triangle uh, triangle waves um, for some of the leads and some of the bases. Uh, so you can use that. Um, that's honestly for my nine bit stuff. That's most of it. I mentioned um, Valhalla Supermassive for when I want to get a really lush sound, but I didn't really use that here. It's just you know built in three os- three three oscillator synth. Lots of delay and reverb everywhere, you know, smart EQ and mastering. Um, but there's there's not a lot of other fancy instruments. And nowadays, when I do my other work, I am making use of um, some uh, some like contact patches and uh, oh, Flex. I'm actually using a lot of Flex. So FL Studio has a plugin called Flex, which is like perfect for when you're compoing because it just I think it's a sample based. I think it's a sample based library where it just has a ton of different sounds, a lot of free ones that you can download, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like have my favorite set and that's, that's kind of how I work with with making music in general I just have like those favorite sounds and like when I when I pull up a plug-in it's useless to me unless I have like those three presets that I know like the back of my hand and I was like <laughs> oh I need I need that preset because it's gonna sound really good and so that's kind of how I work uh now I want to see like the uh DDR Kirby uh FL Studio Masterclass YouTube, you know uh, you video. can watch you can watch the live streams I I I only tuned in for a few minutes, admittedly, but I did watch you do uh, a little. Well, I think it may have been a pre-recorded one on YouTube, but you can watch some of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What I do is, um, it, it, it's it's not super entertaining. Um, I did do some. I actually did some of these where I tried to do a voiceover, but um, usually, so what I do is every week when I do my one-hour compo, I will just record um, my screen as I'm making the music, and so you'll see the entire the entire process of me taking the song from start to finish in one hour and from from beginning until export and you can kind of see kind of like what my workflow looks like and some people have said that it is actually very um elucidating and illustrative to see you know like oh like how how are they doing this part you know like how are they setting up this thing oh there's some sort of keyboard shortcut that they're using that i don't know um so (laughs) you can kind of see what it's like uh i have it on my youtube channel so i usually post it there's actually there's actually a playlist that i have that's just all of the you know making of videos um, of all my one hour compos. Yeah, and, and that's a really educational thing. I'll also post a link to those because I I think uh, musicians can sometimes be a little bit cagey about showing too much of their process. But I'm glad that you're very like open about it. You you share your process, and you know like I said, your your band camp is full of hundreds of songs, and you know, it's just so cool to yeah. see that like growth and development. You have tracks going back to I think twenty. 12 2011 maybe yeah, so like even early even earlier but we don't talk about those other ones oh, but. well you know <laughs> <laughs> we all have embarrassing first projects that's nothing it's really oh it's actually really funny i have i think from i have very 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 first monthly monthly's album uh it's like 2004 yeah 2004 uh july 2004 i have a Sparkman remix from Mega Man 3 that I submitted to OC Remix and it got promptly rejected because it, it sounds like crap and like the mixing is terrible and everything. But you know, uh, one of my patrons on Patreon actually requested a Sparkman remix recently. So comes full you know, circle. <laughs> yeah, it comes full circle. So almost 20 years later, I'm, I'm probably going to try and tackle that source again and, and actually do it justice this time. <laughs> nice. 
Well, I want to jump into our next track, but I we're an hour into the show plus, and I, we have barely talked about the game, so this will be probably the best time to do it. So this next track is Infinity.
right, that was Infinity from Super Mega Zero, composed by DDR Kirby. And I will point out that song was one of my one of my one hour compo compositions. So that song was made in an hour. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. And you did not write that for this game, as you I think you were saying early uh, before we started, right? Yeah, this was one of my uh, previously existing compositions. Uh, I made this one. I can. I made this one in 2014. Oh, wow. Go, even going back a bit. So yeah. Brian asked a critical question that I'm sure you're tired of answering, but what does the ISQ stand for? Or does it mean anything at the end of your DDR Kirby? <laughs> yeah. Um, so technically it stands for IO Squad, but that doesn't actually mean anything really. Um, so this was back when I was, you know, trying to figure out uh, an, an alias for myself. We called them screen names back then. And I was like, all right, well, I like Dance Dance Revolution, so I like DDR, and I really like Kirby, so let's say, like, DDR Kirby, yeah, that, that works. But then <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, what if someone else has the same idea, right? You know, what if someone else takes DDR Kirby, then I won't be able to get it. So why don't I just add, you know, some, like, random clan tag or something at the end, right? That way I make sure that I'm unique. You can always find me by searching for DDR Kirby ISQ. Of course, later on, you know, I didn't realize, you know, that I would, you know, become a musician on Bandcamp and have my own website and all that stuff. So now, when you whenever you search for TDR Kirby, of course you get me. You don't get anyone else. But um, <laughs> I still don't get I, it. You know, how was I supposed to know that, right? <laughs> well, you know, it'd be like if you wrote like you know one 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 at the end, and now it's just like there. <laughs> You're just yeah. stuck with it. <laughs> no, I know. I got that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so. I admittedly, I've only played the demo, but the game itself is just. First of all, the graphics have a lot of really great personality. Everything's kind of like bouncing around. But what I really love about it is that it's kind of like it, it literally is like VVVVV mixed with Celeste. Like your character, it's a little zero, uh, like the number, the numeral. And you pick up all these various power ups. Some of them grant you the ability to jump a limited number of times. If you grab a two, you can jump twice. If you grab an infinity, you can jump an infinite number of times. You know, if you get um, legs, <laughs> you can there's like a leg power up i think you know there's like all these little and you have uh, to things. collect the little pies yeah those are like bonuses you can collect a pie because you know it's an irrational number everything else is uh usually whole numbers <laughs> um there's a inversion power so you grab a polarity like a plus or a minus so like literally like v you get flipped so you're now walking on the ceiling and you jump up from the ceiling you know in an inverted uh parabola until you switch arc again and then you're now on the ground jumping which screws with my brain a little bit every time that happens but oh big time <laughs> no, it's it's such a cool game and not every level relies on every single uh you know mechanic so you don't always have every tool in the tool bag uh you know but it's really really cool i don't know if you wanted to add any more to that because i'm just going from my experience did you have you even played the game you said you hadn't played it much <laughs> I actually, yeah, I actually admittedly have not played it. I, I've been meaning to ask, ask Silkworm for uh, for a Steam key so I can actually play it, but I just haven't got around <laughs> to it. download the demo. That's what I I've did. Been busy, <laughs> yeah, I've been too busy working on Rhythm Quest. I've been playing that a lot. I have, That's I actually, fair. so I set up, it's funny, I set up the uh, Steam integration for Rhythm Quest so that, you know, when, I, uh, when I'm playing the game, it shows, you know, like VR Kirby is playing Rhythm Quest. And I have, you know, like an un ungodly amount of hours logged 
on, on Rhythm Quest because like whenever I'm like developing the game, it, it just logs me as playing the game. So I have like, you know, when the game launches, I'll have like, you know, 16,000 hours on Rhythm Quest before oh anyone, anyone even plays it. I, gotta, wow. I can't wait to try out the demo. That definitely puts the number of hours into perspective. How much of the demo can you can you play? Uh, so you can play the first, uh, not the first nine levels, but you can play nine levels um, from the first scattered across the first three worlds of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the full game, there's going to be um, 30 levels in the main, uh, the main kind of campaign, and then there's going to be some, you know, like bonus, uh, bonus levels, kind of like Guitar Hero. You know, they have like bonus levels of DLC and all that stuff. So, can you explain a little bit? I know you you, you kind of touched on it, but can you explain a little bit how the mechanics work? this yeah so um at the beginning it's very simple you there's spike pits that you need to jump over to the peak and then there's these red enemies there's the basic enemies you just need to slash them one time and then as you go on there's uh flying red enemies so then you need to jump and then you need to attack half a beat later so it's a jump attack jump attack okay and so so while you're doing these these kind of combos of different moves it matches up perfectly with the the rhythm that's behind it or yeah, is that's this correct. creating the rhythm? It's uh, it's matching up with the rhythm that plays, and okay. so like it's it's pretty cool because even if you, even, I've had people say that even though they thought they were no good at rhythm, they were just relying on sort of the more platformer visuals to mm-hmm. time their actions, and they were like, oh, well, I'm not really intentionally being on on the beat i'm just kind of playing it as a platformer but it's really satisfying because it just happens to line up with the music and so they kind of you can kind of use both to inform each other so you can either use the music cues um especially like if you're having trouble on a section you'll hear it again and again and you'll so you'll kind of like be able to hum the rhythm in your head and that'll help you with the timing of the hits so you can use either way for the listeners, just to be clear, we have switched to talking about Rhythm Quest. We're not talking about Super Mega Zero, which is also very challenging and probably has some rhythm aspects to it just from the technical difficulty. <laughs> but speaking <laughs> of Rhythm Quest, one thing that I thought was really cool from the demo that I saw was like you have water, I guess, that kind of slows your character down. Yeah. You can explain it better than I can. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's that's a, that's one of the more advanced mechanics. It shows up in all the way in World Four, so that's not in the demo, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so it's it slows the scrolling speed, so it's kind of a different uh, something else that it does is it it makes your jumps longer, right? Because when you jump in water in video games, you're all floaty and stuff. So it does make the jumps sure. uh, twice the length, and that actually creates some interesting uh, interesting reading challenges for because um, there's also like air jumps and like flight paths and all this crazy stuff. Um, I think World 5 is going to have enemies where you need to like jump and attack at the same time. Oof. And then World 6 is going to have speed zones where like instead of slowing you down, it speeds you up. And that's going to have like triplet rhythm. So that's going to be really fancy. But wow. Yeah, you can look forward to that. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the videos of it. And um, at, at first, I, I thought it was like a single character. But it looks like depending on the, the world, I guess, you, you your, your character either transforms or you 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 actually play as somebody like I, i'm looking you're playing as a duck uh, so that one's yeah so it's actually not it doesn't change on the, on the world those are actually just unlockable you know cosmetic skins um i oh, just wow. feature them i just featured them all in the demo because i wanted to show off you know all the content yeah. that the game has that makes sense I'm digging that duck <laughs> yeah everyone likes ducky it's actually i had some pet ducks so it's based on one of my one of the, my pet ducks my former pet ducks yeah her name is her name is ramen oh nice i see there's like a there's a there's a nyan cat there's a like a Ronin. Yeah, there's Furball. There's actually a lot of cameos from uh, previous games of mine. So if you're if if you've played my previous games, you'll see a lot of um, the same characters. It's fun. <laughs> nice, awesome, and that'll be a bit of available for Windows and Mac, correct? Uh, so it'll be on 
Windows, Mac, Linux, as well as um, it'll be available on mobile. It actually works really well on a phone because it's only it's only two buttons, so you can tap mm -hmm. left left or right side of the screen. So it'll be on iOS and Android, and I'm also working on a Switch port as well. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, I've heard that the demo works really well on Steam Deck as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah. You know what would be really neat is if and I'm just throwing this uh, ideas out at you, not that you're not busy enough, but um, <laughs> there's, there's a big there's a big crowd, um, especially I, I kind of follow it every now and then for uh, physical releases of Switch games. Um, Limited Run Games does a lot of things. Humble does some stuff. They uh, they release like a physical edition where it comes with an instruction manual, soundtrack, all this stuff. I, I I just feel like this would work so well for what you for what you do and what you have to offer. Um, that uh, it would be a really cool collectible. Yeah, but if it does well enough, that would be that would be really cool to see. Especially a soundtrack CD would go really well. I'll definitely have a soundtrack CD. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I do want to jump into our next track, and this is our second to last track, uh, or rather, I guess our last track before we wrap up the show. Uh, this is Midnight Marauder, uh, again, from Super Mega Zero.
All right, that was Midnight Marauder off of the Super Mega Zero soundtrack by me, DDR Kirby. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the soundtrack so far. It's all right. (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) It's really good. It's really good. Now, you had mentioned while we were listening that this just isn't up to your your current um, uh, production value. I'm curious what you meant by that. Uh, just you, I can tell like, from listening to this track, and also because I know it. Like this, this is something that I wrote a long time ago. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I don't even remember when, but I can tell that like some of the mixing is not quite there, and like it's just I've I've learned a, I've I've learned a lot more about um, audio production and how to make things sound crisp and how to make things sound good. You can tell that all the melody stuff is is still kind of the same. I've still kind of kept that sort of. Um, you know, in terms of chord progressions and uh, lead melodies and kind of what I like melodically, that's kind of all similar. But in terms of like, it's just, it's really loud and overcompressed and, and stuff like that. It's it's not, it doesn't have that that crispness, I guess. Well, you notice it, we don't, because um, that, that polish, I, I, I think all of your tracks, even these older tracks that, you know, you have are, they, they still sound like your music and they still sound polished to me. Um, yeah, and they still sound very cohesive. I mean, even the tracks right. that you said were not That's written true. for this game definitely to me sound like, okay, so you just had different, you know, melodic material, but I can see this working just fine in context. That's true for sure, yeah. Cool. Well, I think we're kind of ready to wrap up the show here. Today we covered Super Mega Zero, composed by DDR Kirby, and this was released for Switch and PC last year in April 2022. Yeah, for a mere ten bucks, it's a great it's a great game for not that much money. If you're interested in picking it up, it's it's a steal. Down, download the demo, try it out, yeah. see if you like it. Uh, if you want to know more about the show, you can find us online at pixelatedaudio.com for the show notes, everything you heard today from DDR Kirby, uh, where to find their music, where to find um, you know Rhythm Quest that's, that's coming up. Uh, we'll have all of that in the show notes, and you can also find us on Discord and uh, you know chat with friends and and join the community. Did you have anything else you wanted to say just in general? We've done a lot about plugs, and I wanted to give you that opportunity to chat since, obviously, you're an indie game dev and you're a composer. You've got a lot of cool projects going on, but any other any other things you want to talk about or plugs? I think we pretty much covered it. I just want to say, hopefully, someday, you'll have me back on covering my own soundtrack. That would be really cool for Rhythm Quest. I, in fact, will... will will hold you to that because when when Rhythm Quest comes out, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it right now. Like we're going to have you on an episode. Let's not forget and write it down and get your stamp on it so that we can make sure that this is a happening thing. Cause I, I can't wait to, to go through that game. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. And if it's, you know, if the production and quality is anything like this, what I've heard of it so far has already sounded great. I think it's going to be an awesome show and, you know, listeners of our show know that we cover all sorts of music and I, I'm sure we're going to get people to say when are you when is that game coming out so DR Kirby's back on <laughs> but yep. in the meantime I think that's, that about wraps it up um, mm-hmm. I don't know did you have any other things that you wanted to cover Brian no no if you're new to the podcast you can check out some of our past shows uh, we just did uh, what did we do <laughs> I think uh, 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 you, what is it? A uh, Kabitai. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Oh yeah, it. yeah. Kabitai <laughs> Uchu SDF uh, Canyon Mid. 
with George Stone. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Canyon.mid. We talked with WASD. We've been doing a lot of PC music lately. Uh, we had our yeah. wonderful back-to-back expansion packs about, uh, you know, adult games and golf, which, <laughs> you know, yep. thanks to Craig Stadler, had a little bit more in common than they needed to. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't listen to that one. Well, actually, there's nothing, like, racy about that show. It's just... No. no. It's It's a good show. There's a lot of really great music. It was, yeah. And that being said, we got one track taken out the show. This is called Sequential Success. DDR Kirby, can you tell us a little bit about this track before we wind down here? Yeah, this was commissioned as the um, credits or, you know, ending theme. And so I wanted to draw inspiration from, you know, something you'd see at the end of a Mega Man game. Oh, man, I want to play Mega Man now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you see, you're going to hear that it's a little bit closer to straight 8-bit compared to, you know, like my, uh, the rest of the soundtrack where it's kind of like, um, have a lot of delay and reverb. There's going to be a little bit more straight 8-bits and it's going to kind of give you that kind of nostalgic feel where, all right, you just finished sitting in front of your your living room TV and you just finished beating Mega Man and this is the kind of like credits rolling, so. Awesome. Well, DDR, Kirby, Timmy, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us. It was a pleasure having you on. Uh, Amazing music, and we wish you the best of luck with Rhythm Quest and your other future endeavors. Um, Again, uh, can't state enough how impressive just your, like everything that you're doing is um, from dev to composition and uh, looking forward to all the, the next stuff coming up. That said, Our last track here is Sequential Success, composed by DDR Kirby. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back in a few weeks for the next episode.